Mobile Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow and S&P higher, NASDAQ just turning higher. NASDAQ's been fluctuating for most of the session. It is up now by less than half a point, but the S&P 500 index is at 2397, up three points, a gain there of two-tenths of one percent. We've got the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 37, a gain of two-tenths of one percent. The 10-year is down 830 seconds at yield, 2.28 percent. Gold down 950 the ounce to 1251, a drop of eight-tenths of one percent. West Texas Intermediate Crude holding above $51 now, 51.48, up 35 cents, higher by seven-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Yes, indeed. Charlie Pellet with a Bloomberg Business News Flash. It is time for the Bloomberg ETF report brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility? Minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, please visit, please visit blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here with the Bloomberg ETF report, Bloomberg's Catherine Cowdery. Socially responsible investing, or ESG, is generating a lot of interest. But it turns out that getting a gold star for saving the world isn't the top motivation for asset managers who are looking to become more socially conscious. A new survey by FTSE Russell shows, instead, they're hoping to avoid long-term risk. Their survey goes out to some of the largest institutional investors globally. Ralph Algather, Russell's Managing Director of North America Research, on why these investors are turning to ESG products. 69%, or you know, the majority of the respondents, said it was to avoid long-term risk. So clearly, if you think about ESG as, you know, environmental, social, and governance considerations, uh, particularly governance, right? We, we want to, if we invest in good companies, hopefully those companies are less risky. The survey also showed that North America is less enthusiastic about sustainable investing than Europe. Twenty percent of those questioned in North America are thinking about ESG as they formulate their strategy around smart beta, while in Europe, that number is closer to 60 percent. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. All right, Catherine Cattery with the Bloomberg ETF Report. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Masser along with Corey Johnson right here on Bloomberg Radio. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. Dollar, dollar. Dollar, dollar. Chris Cordero joins us right now, the CEO of Atlantic, looking at uh, today's markets and uh, a really interesting market reaction to, well, non-reaction to the, the news events of the day. And I wonder... Chris, uh, when you start to look at sort of the, the whether it's the budget, whether it's the horrible terrorist attack, um, or we think is a terrorist attack, um, you know, how you think your investing strategy should be different than it was six months ago? Well, I think for me, the biggest thing that I look at is I, is I look at corporate earnings. And, you know, the first quarter corporate earnings have come in so strong, up about 14%. Um, and that's what that's what gives me the confidence in the in the markets going forward. You know, I, I did, the terrorist attacks are going to happen. Uh, there's nothing we can do about them. It's a fact of life. Um, they tend not to impact the market on a long term basis. But what does impact is earnings and tax reform. Boy, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get it this year. Um, so really, I think we just need to look at uh, how businesses are doing and not really look at Washington or terrorist events. So how are businesses doing? Well, that's where I think businesses businesses are doing well. You know, but we've been um, the, the the strong growth in earnings this quarter, and I think the interesting part about that is, you know, usually after first quarter's earnings growth, the the uh, companies tend to guide lower. You know, they want they want to try and ratchet in expectations, and we don't see that going on this year. 
so that would that would leads me to believe that um, you know the CEOs and CFOs are pretty confident that they'll be able to keep delivering their numbers going forward. What do you um, look for in this budget, and how will might the budget uh, and its adoption affect your investment thesis? Um, well, you know, I say the budget is as as presented. Um, I don't think has much of a, a shot of passing. So, I, I it's uh, you were in a bit of uncharted territory here because I, I don't I can't remember any time we've seen such a disconnect between the White House um, and Congress. So, you know, I think there's going to have to be a fair amount of negotiation on what actually gets done, and probably not going to look as radically different as it's presented right now. So it's it's an interesting world. And I guess you still have to make investment decisions, and I'm assuming you guys are. Have you slowed down making decisions, or are you, you know, buying and selling like you normally do? We're buying and selling as as we normally do. Yeah, the the um, in this in this in this environment when uh, what what we really looked at is we, is we is we need to see something. We can't we can't just we can't just go on uh, on the rhetoric that something's going to happen. So we're waiting until we actually see something, and then we're making decisions on that. So uh, I'm much more attuned to looking at what actual valuations are in different areas of the market, and where do we find things that are attractive. Um, and going based on those current on those current readings, rather than trying to look forward on what may or may not come out of Washington. And what are the evaluation uh, metrics you'd like to look at? <laughs> yeah, so you know, so the you know the the, the um, on an individual stock, the the valuation metrics that 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 I like to look at are um, just overall price to earnings. I like to look at EBITDA to enterprise value. Um, that that's a great measure because it gives you um, sort of a, across the board across the entire company. Um, so it's what's, their, what's their EBITDA to enterprise value? And and what do you does uh, it vary from industry to industry, it, or do you you want something that's under ten or something? Yeah, we, we want we want we want something that's that's selling uh, relatively cheap. You always get you get variation in um, in valuations from industry to industry, um, but we want but we want you know we want it uh, we want things selling at a cheap price on a you know on a PE basis. You know we we want to see something we want to see things that are coming that are coming in with PEs somewhere in the fifteen or so range. Um, you know that's that's why I think that P- Apple. Oh, yeah, is, now uh, sorry, but PEs is that EV to enterprise is what you mean. That or, or, or PEs as well. Uh, just PEs. Uh, PEs. Okay. We want to see it around fifteen, and that's where and that's where I think um, Apple for us is a, is a stealth value stock uh, because if you, you know, if you if you strip out the, the two hundred billion plus yeah. of cash, you end up with a PE that's around fifteen. Um, and so for uh, you know for the for the largest company in the world with 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 arguably the best brand in the world, uh, buying it at a fifteen, I think is a great, is a great bargain. And, and to, the, the way I think of that, that enterprise value to EBITDA uh, metric is sort of how many years acquiring the entire business would, you know, if you were buying, you know, to go Joel Greenblatt on you, yes. like if you were buying an ice cream shop, how many years of profits would it take you to pay off the acquisition of the ice cream shop, which is to say that if it's right. an, an EV to EBITDA of eight, it would take you eight years for you to break even and everything after that is, is gravy. Right. And, and that's a and that's a, a great way to look at it. Or you could you could flip it around and just see, you know, what what so, what sort of the um, what's the earnings yield on this investment? 
um, which is another way to look at it. Because if you're if you're buying an ice cream shop for a hundred thousand dollars, right? If you're if you're only getting a thousand dollars in profit a year, you'd look at that and say, well, that's not very good buy. Um, but if you're getting ten thousand dollars in profit a year, that's a that's a good deal. Or if you're getting twelve thousand, that's a that's an even better deal. So is it a similar scenario when you look at Comcast? Because I know that's another one that you like. Um, yeah, so Com- Comcast is, uh, you know, I, I, I like, I like values and especially like values that tend to be overlooked because they're, they might be a bit hidden. Um, and in Comcast, you know, that, that's one where e- e- what, what people think of a lot is the programming because they, you know, they own, they, they, um, they own NBC. But for me, the biggest, uh, the biggest part that, that I like is that, is that they're just a broadband providers. They provide a, a quarter of the U.S. broadband and, you know, you know, as you get as you as you get more and more people cutting the cord um, and just really relying on internet for their entertainment, uh, to have the folks that own a quarter of the market share of providing broadband, that's a that's a tremendous utility that they have and a tremendous cachet. Yeah, for all the all the talk and, and important focus on the media they're creating, the pipe itself is a is the much bigger business. Uh, Chris Kerr, uh, great stuff. Uh, CEO of Regent Atlantic. Uh, managing about $3 billion uh, in assets. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Corey Johnson at Corey TV. She's at Carol Masser. And this is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.